I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I am back with Christy and she's going to share some amazing tips on why thinking positively can be the biggest way to self-sabotage. But before she gives us all these amazing tips and tricks, Christy, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Hey Debbie, yeah, thanks for having me. So way before I knew that I wanted to live an offbeat life, I tried to fit in and it just never really worked for me. So somewhere around 2016, I finally listened to the call to have this offbeat life and traveled to 20 countries within 11 months, moved abroad, lived in Barcelona for two years, and now my home is basically just a suitcase. Um, I've been living in Bali for the last few months, but I've traveled many times in between there and uh, have no plan of calling any country home for quite some time. (laughs) seems like a really great nomadic lifestyle that you're living now so completely different from what you were doing before and I know one of the things that you used to do you were very much a think positive type person who thought you could fix everything now why is this popular advice really a way for us to lead to self-sabotage Oh my gosh, yes. I I was so attached to this identity of being a positive person. And all around me, everybody said, you know, if you just want to change your life, just be positive. And nothing, I feel like, would have screwed me up more than that. Because what I was doing is I was stuck just trying to make the best of a situation instead of making a situation that really worked for me. And so that's why, you know, on our original interview, we kind of go into this relationship that I had for so long. And I was with my high school sweetheart for 14 years, and I was so committed to making the best of a situation that I I was too blind to see that if I had just let go, it would have served me so much better. And so I think that, you know, this idea that positive thinking is the way to go is really just a trap when really it's positive self-talk that we should be practicing. Yet in order to do that, really had to take a really long, hard look at myself. Because I was so focused on trying to fix people in situations that didn't want to be fixed, all these external things, right? Making the best of this external situation. It was a lot easier to avoid that, the truth that uh, I was creating this reality based on my own behaviors. And that was a lesson that I didn't really want to learn. Yeah, and you were facing all of these different setbacks in your life from health issues to your relationship issues. And you were really using travel initially in the beginning as an escape to all of that. And you were also overthinking a lot of different things and you had a lot of fears. How do you overcome that? How do you overcome overthinking and also the fear of so many different uncertainties that you may face in your life? Great question. I actually had a workshop here in Bali uh, not that long ago, actually, on this exact topic. And I found that it was so great. So many of us get stuck in this trap of overthinking in our heads. And my book really dives into this more, more than we'll probably have time to go into today. Yet one of the biggest ways that I find that we overthink is because we have this compulsion to understand 
everything before we start. I, and I Gosh, I was no different. I was this overachieving perfectionist control freak that really had to know all of the steps of how everything would look before I would even start. One day it kind of hit me that if all of the brightest minds in all of the ages can't even figure out what we're doing here or what happens after we're gone, how was I ever going to figure out everything? It's just setting up for failure. And so one of the analogies I like to kind of teach on is I like to imagine that this this nomadic travel life is kind of like a really foggy, say swampy area. And we're standing on the shore. And say there are five stepping stones. And stepping stone number one, we can see. And stepping stone five is where we want to go. But we can't see stepping stone two, three, four, or five. So it kills the dream. Step two kills the dream because we can't see it. And so what I've really learned is that it's only by taking that first step that we can see the next step. By taking step one, we become the person that can see step number two. And once we're on step number two, we become the person who can see step number three. So the biggest and the first way that I always say to get out of your head is take that first step, even when you don't know what the next step is. That's a lot of where the fear comes from, is the unknown of taking that first step right? Because that's the first push. And I think the rest comes a lot easier after you take that first leap into the unknown and the uncertainties. I would say that it definitely kind of builds momentum a little bit. But I think that so many of us kind of get consumed in having, we focus too much on step five, when really, if we just kind of chunk it down into baby steps, we can usually see step one. And We can see step one, but then we kind of get obsessed that we don't know what two, three, four, and five look like. So we won't take step one, even though we can see it, because we don't know what the rest looks like because of that, as you were saying, that fear of the unknown. But if we chunk down, if we build a framework, if we have this roadmap, we can really see that it doesn't have to be so scary. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's just taking, like you said, baby steps because then it becomes really overwhelming when you're thinking too far ahead, but you don't know what to do in that first few steps yet. And then it just becomes too much and too soon for everything. And then you actually stop yourself from taking that first one because of all everything else that you're thinking about. And, you know, this actually leads perfectly into, you know, I have a, the workshop I was referring to is a is six step process on why we overthink. And this leads so well into the second one is that say that we have something that we need to do. We know, have you ever had that feeling before where you just get this like electricity coursing all over your body and you think like, wow, I have to do this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So what happens, you think, to that energy if you don't take action on doing that? Say it's hard or scary or you don't feel like you can afford it or you don't have the money and you don't take that step even though you have all this electricity inside of you. Yeah, it's just a, it builds a lot of pent-up anger and regret and it gives you more fear with a lot of things and it stops you from doing so many things the energy has to go somewhere, right? Like you were saying, like I feel like it goes in our heads and it just spins around and around and around. And like you brought up regret. One of the things that I talk about all the time, and this this is actually in the uh, seven day money magnet challenge as well, is asking ourselves better questions. And when we have this regret inside of us, like you say, we tend to ask ourselves why questions. 
and why questions are so limiting. They just keep us in this closed loop of beating ourselves up. Why did I do that? Why do I always do this? Why did I eat that? Why did I spend that money? Whatever it is, it's such a judgmental question. Yet if we take action, we don't usually have that regret. We usually have more pride. And we usually find ourselves speaking in the language of how and what. How can I make more money? What needs to be done so that I can travel? We don't have that unspent energy that keeps us stuck in our head in this closed loop of why, why, why. Yeah, and then you start solving those issues and those problems because you are taking actions to do it. And then you feel a lot happier with yourself when you do that. So that, I mean, it sounds really easy when we're talking about it right now, but it's also really difficult because it is action-based. And we tend to prioritize things that are a lot easier for us to do. And sometimes the hardest things are the simplest things, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's why I believe so so much in coaching and, and not just for myself as a coach, but I also believe in those who coach me. You know, I have mentors, I have coaches myself. And I think that, you know, one of the first things I say for anybody who signs up with my program, it's my content. I believe in it so f- wholeheartedly, so fully, but it's not the content that makes coaching so valuable. You know, we can read books, we can watch things on YouTube, we can study, we can go to courses. Yet with coaching, it's just like the idea comes from, you know, sports coaching from Olympic athletes. In order to be the very best version of you, you have a coach that helps hold you accountable, you know? So it's like we often know these things, but taking the action and holding ourselves accountable for all of the stuff that we have so much resistance to and things that our brains have been getting so habitually used to over the years, running a pattern in the same way. Our brains are just software. It likes to um, run whatever's easiest. And so having a coach, having somebody there, having support, accountability, you know, however you find it is so important when it comes to taking that action step. Yeah, these are such great different things to learn about, especially for somebody who is really confused with what they want to do with their lives. And you're right, having a coach will just help you guide your way into something that you really are meant to do. So that's a really great advice there, Christy. Now, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? I love connecting with people on social media. Instagram is my favorite. Facebook is also good. My Instagram is at, Christ, at as Christy sees it, which I'm sure you can tag. And then Facebook, Christy Renee Steely. Um, hopefully you can tag that as well. My last name can be difficult to say and pronounce and spell sometimes. <laughs> and then my website as well, ChristyRenee.co. Perfect. Thank you so much, Christy, for joining us today. I really appreciate all the tips and tricks that you gave us. Thank you so much, Debbie. It was great. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Christy. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how to go from sick and overweight to becoming a nomadic abundance coach. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.